0: Welcome to Day Zero Update for January fifteenth, twenty twenty three. I'm your host Chris Elogi. I'm Brandon Perkins,
1: and I'm Danra Victoria.
0: And yeah, it is still early June or January in twenty twenty three, uh, which means there's not that much going on. Uh, we do have some some stories of note here, like say Ubisoft delaying a certain game again. Uh, mm-hmm. We got a new studio forming out of a big. Xbox Studio. Yeah. Though not as part of Xbox. Mm -hmm. Um, We got some more shit going on with the developers of the Callisto Protocol. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, We'll get to that stuff. Uh, We got some things happening here pretty soon Mm -hmm. uh, in the next week or so. So uh, we'll be talking about that stuff. But before we do, we'll talk about what we've been playing. uh, And I'll kick it off here. Uh, Been playing One Piece Odyssey. Came out on Friday. Uh this mm-hmm. is the the new big One Piece JRPG uh with a lot of work being done by Eiichiro Oda, the creator yep. of One Piece, mm-hmm. uh creating this, the story and all this that is here. So it's kind of very much like a uh like a big movie for One Piece. Yeah. In the way that it's set up, uh very much one-off. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't know exactly where the time frame it comes in, in the you know in the anime because I'm watching it currently and I'm like almost about 330 episodes in, about a, yeah a third of the way through. I think this <laughs> is post time skip, mm-hmm. uh, as Usopp and Sanji have kind of shitty chin beards mm. uh, on them, uh, you know, and some of the characters look a little bit uh, older or different. Uh, They have their own outfits here, though. If you pre-ordered, you get the uh, the classic outfits from the earlier part of the show, Mm -hmm. Uh, though you don't see any of those in the cutscenes. All the cutscenes are pre-rendered, so you'd never see any of that stuff uh, during story moments, which is just weird for that stuff. But uh, yeah, that's. uh, uh, The premise is they kind of are approaching this weird looking island, Mm -hmm. Uh, a knock up stream hits them, knocks them up into the air. And it looks like they're about to get hit by something, uh, but they use the uh like boost thing that the Thousand Sunny has to get out of the sky heading towards the island and the sea, and they kind of crash uh in the ship and uh essentially sink it right off the shores. Uh everybody wakes up in or on the beach, though some of the people are not there. They're probably woke up earlier and Left to explore or something, so you're kind of taking your stock of your crew there uh, with uh, Frankie hanging back to go start working on the boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, try to get it back up and running. And the I played the demo first, which goes through about the first two hours mm-hmm. of the game. I'm about six hours in now, so uh, a good bit in. Uh, but the demo does a pretty good job of giving you a taste of how the battle system works. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is mostly standard JRPG battle system though it does have some, some different elements sort of that the enemies can uh, congregate into different areas in the battlefield. And uh, usually around, you know, one or two people. Uh, mm-hmm. So you see these sort of different fights happening in the same area. Mm. And uh, then you might have uh, some people that are sort of independent of all this stuff. Yeah. out on the outskirts and they can uh when you get to them, you can just have them join one of the fights or do long distance attacks and stay outside of that stuff. because uh, if you're in the fight and the enemy gets you know turn, uh they can attack one of the people in their immediate vicinity. Mm. Uh kind of thing. But the weird thing is that you can kind of swap people out uh freely at any time. There's no Turn penalty for that stuff. Uh, so yeah. that is nice. Uh, but you can even swap people out within the people that are already out in the field. Uh, so I've had times where. So they. The battle system's on a rock, paper, scissors kind of setup mm-hmm. uh, between physical melee, uh, you know, hand kind of stuff, uh, sword uh, people. They have specific names for these things. So, and there's gun people. Mm-hmm. which I think it's speed. I don't know why, but they represent them with gun, sword, and uh, fist. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, one's better than the other. The other one's better than the third thing. The third thing's better than that first thing. And so you have your different parts of your team. I think Monkey D. Luffy, Sanji, Mm -hmm. and Chopper are uh, the fist people. Yeah. Uh, Robin and uh, Zoro are the sword people. And uh, what is it? Uh, Usopp and Nami are your gun people. Uh-huh. And so you kind of swap them out freely uh, with that stuff. They also have a neat little mechanic where sometimes when you attack one enemy in a group, they might, you know, bunch up and hit the others as they're flying. Uh, so you can sometimes take out multiple enemies at once yeah. or do damage to multiple enemies at once without even doing like an area attack kind of thing. But the. Yeah, you have your your health, your TP, which is for your skills. And when you start, uh, you'll see it in the demo, uh, everybody's at like level 40. And they handle all the enemies you're facing pretty easily. Nothing really too complicated there uh,
1: mm-hmm. with
0: that stuff. Uh, but uh, at certain points, you run into two people that are living on the island. Uh, audio, who was a former pirate that landed on this island, decided to stay. Uh, He helps you out at times as you're fighting initially like a a big Colossus enemy uh, that you kind of beat easily the first time. Uh, But then uh, her, his uh, buddy Lim, who is this girl that's been on the island, seems to be the, the only person they've seen that I've seen so far that uh, has lived on this island their whole life. Uh she has this weird ability to steal uh power from uh the people uh that she touches. And mm. I don't think it's a a you know devil fruit thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like it's just some other weird ability. Uh, she uses this on all the uh you know the Straw Hat pirates because she hates pirates. Mm. Uh thinks they're mean and selfish. Uh I guess the animals don't like her on the island except for a parrot that she befriended. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then some pirates came to the island and killed them. Uh, killed the par- the parrot. Mm. Uh, and so she hates all pirates from then on. Which is reasonable. Um, but yeah, she takes all your powers and they turn into cubes that get spread across the island.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, and so that also causes... A, and that's like out of their memories. So even... Though they lose these powers, they simply just don't know how to use them. It's like Mm -hmm. Luffy doesn't even know how to use any any sort of gum-gum attacks or anything like that. Uh, Even his basic ability of stretching his arm to grab stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, he loses. So you kind of have to go and explore, and they have you go through your first dungeon, uh, Mm a little starter dungeon, uh, where you can get at least some of your basic abilities back. And along the way, you will eventually find uh, cubes around the island that are sort of a currency for regaining some of these powers. Mm -hmm. And then occasionally they'll just be like, oh, you beat a boss. You beat the the boss of this dungeon. Here is the next set of powers you get freed up from that. And then you can use the cubes on that stuff. Uh, So... That whole system's just kind of very much like a, a basic skill system, but it's just kind of it's done just weird enough. It's kind of hard to understand mm-hmm. uh, in the menus because you can fill up the the slots it has for getting a what an, an ability back, mm-hmm. but it doesn't like do anything at that point to be like, all right, you got it. Uh, it's just weird like that. Um, but for the most part, it is a quality JRPG. It's very easy mm-hmm. in the the first bit. Uh, but once I get to uh, the other big hook is that uh, since you know a lot of your abilities are tied to memories, they go through this whole thing called memoria uh, yeah. that Lynn takes you through, where uh, she runs you through some of the big arcs of uh, the the part of One Piece that I've seen. So, like you start with Alabasta, uh, where the very much the premise is you know memories are fuzzy so things may happen out of order or differently than it does in, you know, those arcs. So, you know, like the, the Marines are there already before anything's mm-hmm. happened. Um, and you're going around able to, uh, do a bunch of things before, you know, you find out, you know, oh, these Royal army people, those are actually baroque's work people. Yeah. Uh, and so they try to trick them they're stealing a call the to medicine town to make the king look bad saying the king's told them to do this you know all that kind of stuff that they're mm-hmm. doing um and that's all uh pretty good and they're very much like oh yeah all these enemies are tougher than they were back then because they're i don't know memory thing mm-hmm. uh, but you know when you get uh your lose your powers they're all reset from your level 40 down to one Uh, I think before when I got to the Memoria part, I was probably like 12 or 13, something like that. You get levels very fast in the before you go to Alabasta. Mm -hmm. Uh, But once you get to Alabasta, the fights get a bit tougher. Still not really a threat in any way, uh, as I've never really been close to getting killed by anything. And uh, when you run to save points, it fulfills all your health and that. So, you know, there's not. Too much in a way of a threat. I also have a ton of uh, energy apples, which are your potions. I have not had a chance to even use them. Also, you have Chopper, who's a healer, uh, as yeah. you would expect. So theres I don't think there's going to be too much of a threat here. Uh, but they've also introduced now crafting for Sanji to make food out of the various materials you get. Uh, Usopp can make a bunch of different special specialty balls to shoot at people. Uh, that kind of stuff uh they have a whole uh party system as far or camp system uh to go make a camp uh sort of like Dragon Quest XI had uh where you can uh gather together and do some of that stuff there as well as change outfits and all that uh but once you get out of that you get like bonus xp for the next like 10 fights you get into there's a whole bunch of things to it, but it's it's a solid JRPG, pretty good. Uh probably good to get that out when they did cuz this week coming up is got two classic JRPGs, uh Persona 3 and 4 coming out this week, as well as you know Monster Hunter and Fire Emblem Engage that are also big Japanese games coming to more people. So uh this one's one to keep an eye on. If you like one piece, if you like classic style JRPGs, uh, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's, it's a pretty good game. Uh, coming out of a good time for me as I'm moving out of the, the English dubbed stuff that Netflix has had on their service to Crunchyroll to listen and watch the, the Japanese dubbed stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which is all fine. I think One Piece is one of the better anime where the Japanese and English voices are all pretty similar in mm-hmm. quality. Uh there's only like I think Frankie's the one that's different yeah. uh for both, but still similar vibes for that. But yeah, there you go. One Piece Odyssey. That's uh yeah. that's a good one of those for the first time in a while for One Piece.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh One Piece is one of those shows that's so popular but rarely gets quality games out of it. Yeah. Uh, It's usually, I think the first couple were like Smash Brothers clones, Mm -hmm. which is weird, but yeah, they've done like Musos and fighting games and action games and such, and not really done great with any of that stuff. Uh, But this one seems like a a game that had a lot of work put into it by people that cared about the game. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, there you go. One Piece Odyssey. Mm. Uh, But playing other stuff. Uh, things on my Steam Deck uh, 80s Overdrive. Uh, this is a an Outrun clone. Mm. But instead of the, the the way that that campaign is structured and very kind of uh, fork in the road kind of design as you try to go as long as possible. Mm. A very arcade style progression. Uh, this one just gives you a bunch of races to do and as you try to you know finish in first to get the maximum amount of uh, prize money out of it uh, you'll unlock more races to go through and you're using the the money to upgrade your car uh, or buy a new car or you know repair your damage or refill your gas it's, it very much feels like a a mobile game in a sense because it's a lot of upgrading as a core mechanic for progression mm-hmm. and That stuff, and it's it's got a nice style to it. It's pretty much got that outrun kind of style, though. It's pretty obvious all the vehicles are basically a flat uh, a flat image versus like a three D model or anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, as you like pass vehicles, you know, it's like oh, there's no front of this vehicle. All I'm just seeing is the back view for it. But during some races, you'll get missions for like oh, collect you know three of these things that you'll find on the track. Uh, spread out you know Mm. or one I had was for intentionally finishing third so that the uh, the the person's racers could finish first and second I guess Uh, things like that that you get a bunch of money out of so they're worth doing Mm -hmm. and you know you can just race it again to finish first out of it so it's very much built around this grind Mm. especially when it has you know achievements for like buy every car and fully upgrade all of them, Mm
2: -hmm. which
0: is a lot of work to do, Mm -hmm. but it's pretty solid for what it is. Uh, Let's see. Also been playing Voxelgram, did a stream of this to show it off because it is Picross 3D, -hmm. but made by, you know, an independent studio. Yeah. Uh, There's no, there is touch to it, but it's not, it's nothing like the, the way that Picross 3D controlled in touch with the, the stylus and kind of holding it down on the on blocks to break them or tap them to paint them that kind of thing mm-hmm. uh here you're just using i've been using you know d-pad and uh use the shoulder buttons to go back uh you know uh different uh slices of the of the puzzle as you're kind of carving it out mm-hmm. uh, that kind of thing it's pretty well done uh you do it does a lot it's based on all, all these sections on diagram uh, dioramas so you're kind of going to and get like 10 things that show up in this kind of situation uh kind of thing but uh the steam version is pretty nice over the switch version because it has steamworks support uh, so somebody put a lot of work into putting all of the puzzles from across 3d mm-hmm. into this game Uh though i don't think the the one from the second game the 3ds game is in this uh there's also a bunch more it's I like think the count that it has on there right now is like 1,100 extra puzzles from Steam Workshop support. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a lot of value to it for a game that I think is like eight bucks normally. I got it on sale for about four. So, mm. uh, well worth it if you like Picross 3D and want a game to play on either your Switch or your Steam Deck. Uh, that's seems like one of the better uh, Picross games on there, and especially probably the only Picross 3D clone on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. The other game I'm playing, Brotato. Mm-hmm. This is a Vampire Survivors like game. Yeah, uh, but made uh, to be a bit different. It's a bit more like a dual stick shooter uh, than Vampire Survivors is, though. You're still not directly controlling the the action for any of that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a bit. Uh, silly because you are essentially equip, able to equip six different weapons, but you hold them all at once. Uh, so that's it's kind of weird. So you can get guns, you can get you know knives and some other stuff. I probably haven't even unlocked yet. I'm still pretty early. I haven't even I haven't even technically finished a run. I've oh. had uh, enough trouble with that. Uh, but they have a bunch of different sort of their characters are different like archetypes i guess they tell you you know different stats and all that so you're kind of much more paying attention to stats versus uh, vampire survivors where you're trying to uh, pay attention to sort of what the weapons do and what that gives you in mm-hmm. uh, abilities and as well as the, the sub items there's no cap on the sub items to collect so you can kind of just keep piling that on some of them give you just straight up you know stat buffs uh, and others will have uh Know, things it takes off of, certain stats, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, so it's a bit more of a roguelike kind of game versus Vampire Survivors, where you're just basically, it's all strategy for how you're mm-hmm. using the weapons versus, you know, here it's like you can get two of the same weapon, then you can combine them to, uh, you know, make room for more weapons because it's, it's also wave based. So you're basically going for. It's either 30 or 60 seconds at a time just killing a bunch of enemies and you don't even have to kill all the enemies that spawn really? uh, when the time runs out. It just does what it does. Uh, takes all the leftover like XP drops and turns them into currency, I think. Some sort of currency. I'm still getting the handle on what all that means uh, in it, but it's pretty solid. Uh, mm-hmm. The style is very much like Binding of Isaac. Uh, if you look at the Like, the box art for it, it's very much looking like Binding of Isaac in style and all that. Uh, But, you know, you're controlling all potato people, weird-looking things. So, yeah, it's weird, but it's neat if you're looking for another one of those games to play. I think it's only on PC Mm -hmm. right now. I have to say, with uh, Vampire Survivors on Xbox and PC, you would think all these people making clones would, say, put them on PlayStation and Switch before Vampire Survivors hits. Mm. Uh, those platforms get the money you can out of those people uh but let's see also did a stream where i played a bunch of games on itch.io that were pretty recent Mm -hmm. uh things that have been getting some attention there uh there's the professional which is you know quap uh the well-known legendary sort of flash game where you're hitting i think qwop on your keyboard to make different parts of your body move mm-hmm. as you're trying to get a uh, like sprinter to actually sprint and it just makes your body flop around all that kind of stuff
1: this mm-hmm. is
0: similar to that kind of idea except you are a burglar trying to break into this like museum to steal a diamond uh, uh but you're not hitting buttons to make your body parts flop around You're using your mouse to grab onto, you know, the arms uh, and the legs in the different parts to make them move in certain ways, Mm -hmm. uh, to sort of more deliberately move to get through these obstacles. Uh, So, but very much still has a lot of the same kind of uh, absurdity and silliness that that does. Uh, I tried to play it for about 40 minutes and I couldn't get up steps. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was my big uh, issue because, you know, your shoes would be the thing that causes the big issue there, but mm-hmm. uh, managed to get through at least some some lasers, uh, which when they hit your guy, uh, since it's electricity, it kind of causes your limbs to kind of flail a bit into different positions, uh, mm-hmm. so it can kind of mess up whatever form you have for that. Uh, but that's free on Itch. Uh, worth checking out if you like silly games, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I played Baba Files Taxes, the the follow up to Baba Is You. I mentioned this last week. This was out on itch. It's free. Uh, it's a pretty simple kind of game. Uh, Baba has taxes that are due in the morning, and enlists you to help them. Uh, and so you're kind of filling out these forms. And the the big part of the game is uh, you get to see Baba's signature, and you have to recreate it with your you know mouse drawing with the the mouse. Baba's name over and over again, trying to match uh, their uh, signature. And that's the thing, when you finish it, you get scored on how close you were each time. Uh-huh. So there's a high score there, with like a finite limit to like 100 points each for however many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you're sort of reading what the text is, uh, pages are saying, and then you get to one's like all these weird, absurd questions, and you just pick whatever you think best uh, answers it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of stuff uh and then one page is just all signatures, all that kind of stuff. It takes like ten minutes to be it 's not, mm-hmm. it's nothing too challenging but it's uh it's a fun silly thing for that and then the other game I played is hollow cure uh which is another vampire survivor's clone mm-hmm. uh but based on the property hollow live uh which i'm not hundred percent sure what that is i think it's i think it's like a an anime thing with like Hall alive is a AI a, VTuber kind of thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. alive is basically
0: a group of YouTubers. Yeah. Yeah. This is a fan game made off of based on that. It's free on itch, mm-hmm. uh, but it's vampire survivors and it is very much vampire survivors. Mm-hmm. Same, same exact concept and all that, except it's very anime style mm-hmm. uh, for all that. Not too hard. You can play with the controller, all that kind of stuff. Uh, even the It even has a lot of the same abilities in it. Weapons and such that you can collect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does have an endless mode with leaderboards to that. So there's at least something that's a bit different than Vampire Survivors. Mm-hmm. Though I think Vampire Survivors also has an endless mode. One of the maps I think is an endless thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty solid for what it is. Uh, but yeah, some of the, the pickups you can get... The the one for expanding the the cone for pulling in uh, mm-hmm. the the experience orbs is the exact same like blue sphere with a blue ring around it mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it's not even that original with a lot of what it's doing here. So But you have different characters that are all probably the different characters from the from the Hollow Live thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, if you need a free one of those, don't want to pay for Vampire Survivors or whatever, there's one you can check out, so uh, that's been pretty much it for me. So how about you, Brandon? Uh, well, I mentioned last week that uh, on PS5, I also
2: got a couple for my Switch, and I've more or less been focusing on those two uh, this week. Um, specifically, uh, I've been playing Xenoblade Chronicles 3, um, which I think I talked about a little bit last week, but... I hadn't gotten terribly far into it. Um, I'm now like into about the midpoint of the game now, and it is so different from the first two. And don't get me wrong; I loved the first scene of Xenoblade Chronicles. Thought it was amazing, and I especially loved you know the remake that they did for the uh, Switch recently. That also tacked on some new uh, post-game material as well and. I also liked Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Didn't love it, but liked it. There were a lot of things about Xenoblade Chronicles 2 that irritated me, um, but there were also some stuff that was pretty good that I liked. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, as far as like, um, I guess, uh, as far as like uh, plot wise is concerned essentially, and it, I mean, it shows it very much from, like, the cover art is basically meant to be what is the result if the universes of Xenoblade Chronicles and Xenoblade Chronicles 2 ended up colliding with each other, and this is the result. Um, and you know that because on the very cover, um, on the cover, you can see one of the swords. I think it's the sword that was wielded by the Bionis, and the other one is one of the... Uh, one of the enormous, like living dragon things that a lot of the, a lot of the various landmasses are located on in the Cloud Sea in Xenoblade Two, um, but what was especially fascinating is they decided to take the story into a completely different direction that I was not expecting. Um, so basically when the game starts, you're essentially there's this sort of forever war that's going on between these two sort of countries for lack of a better term. One of them is called Kievus, and the other is called Agnius. And the people who are in Kevis are made up of made up of all the various um you know, various uh, races and such that you could see in the original Xenoblade. So there's the regular humans, the Homs. Uh, they've also got the uh, the uh, Mekon who are the sort of green and black sort of vaguely um, mechanical looking individuals who lived on the Mekonis. You can also see the uh, people who have the wings, the small wings on their heads. Uh, they're also there. Um, and then the Agnes are people that you saw that are all the groups that you saw in the second one so again there's you know the cat like people and then there's people who are like somewhat elemental like and you know stuff like that um and like even like their aesthetics are very much reminiscent of their individual uh um universes that they originally came from And what's happening is these two groups are essentially locked in a forever war. And the reason is because um, their technology and a lot of their livelihood depends on how much of the life force they can get from their opponents. So, like, in the very beginning of the game, they show this rather long cinematic of a battle happening between the two. And what happens is, as the narrator explains... um, Once you kill the opposition, their life force starts seeping out, and their technology, which is powered by these things called flame clocks, which are, well, it's exactly what it sounds like. They're these large, like, circular meters with, like, circular flames that act as, like, counters to how much energy they have. The more life force they're able to suck up, the more they're able to put into the flame clock. Um, And the thing is, all of these people are essentially pod people. They're grown uh, out of pods and they only have like a lifespan of like 10 years. Um, but then during one of these battles, uh, three members from each side come across this old guy who is actually aging, which is something they have never encountered before. And he's talking about, okay, so, like you guys are going to have to go up against something. They're called Mobius. They're the real power behind everything. And they're basically manipulating this forever war for their own ends and then it's like them sort of having to learn to trust each other because again it's Agnian and kevis they've been at each other's throats for time immemorial at this point what's especially fascinating is that both kevis and agnius have uh rulers both of them have queens And these queens look very, very similar to some key characters from both Xenoblade 1 and Xenoblade 2, Um, which is making me think, are these the characters? Like, is this them? Are they the ones who are, like, taking part in all of this? And why? And it's just, it's, it's probably the first Switch game I've encountered, really, where it's like, this is the Switch game that has, they are pushing the technology to its absolute limit. Like there are times in this game where I'm surprised the cartridge itself doesn't just explode because it's, it's that good looking. Um, but, uh, other than that, I'm also playing Um, and not much to have to talk about there. I haven't really gotten much further in pain for that one. Um, Although, one of the neat things about the campaign in Splatoon 3 is that as you go through it, you can find stuff that you can use to decorate the lobby when you go in to do the uh, the um, online stuff, which I've been doing a lot of really enjoying. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been playing. So, Danrab, what about you?
1: Yeah, it's been uh, pretty much a casual time for me. Um, mm-hmm. A few weeks ago, Twitch gave out uh, free codes for Mom Hid My Game. And that's something that I just uh, turned on today. And uh, mm-hmm. the game's hilarious. Um, all, it, it, it's a point and click. And all you do is solve simple puzzles to find your handheld system that your mom is hiding from you. Like the, the first level is simple. You know, she's hiding it in a, in a cabinet, opening mm-hmm. the cabinet. And there it is. Uh, eventually, the games or the levels get a little bit more deep. Um, anytime you run into your mom, it's, it's game over. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you die things or whatever it is so one time I opened a curtain mom was behind that game over mm-hmm. and then, like areas and then some get even a, l- a little bit more insane where um, the level pretty much turned into a uh, Frogger or mm-hmm. i are dealing with like bikes going back and forth and the way to solve this was to go to the second screen um, take off a um, take off some sort of thing from the wall take mm-hmm. the thumbtack go back to the first screen put the thumbtack um, where the bikes are going and, and just have them all crash and die. And I was like, okay, cool. And there's a free path to the cabinet. and I walk towards the cabinet, I step on a thumbtack, and then my character, you know, dies as, as a result. So I should have picked up mm-hmm. the thumbtack first. So, yeah, that's a pretty simple one that I've been having fun with. Um, and then as far as other simple stuff, um, I also got into the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe DLC, uh, playing the new tracks there. Um, a lot of them are really, really fun. Um, I wouldn't say, like, any of them are instant classics, but, like, you know, it's it's just more mario kart and it's just insane knowing that you know nintendo uh took all these years to release new content for it but at Mm -hmm. the same time it's like it's all pretty good content you're you're more than doubling the value of the game here and Mm -hmm. i'm actually really glad they went this route um which is like it's it's unreal for nintendo especially right like you know Mm -hmm. they're not known as the best live service company like they they had a a gold mine with animal crossing. And they were just content with just letting, let, letting them, letting them sell the way it was rather than just giving us, you know, free updates every month. And then the same story goes on with um, Mario maker. Like they have all these IP that they could really uh, hemorrhage a lot of money from, but they, they've chosen not to. And that's just Nintendo for, for what they are. Um, I've also been uh, trudging around Xbox game pass. And I started high on life. Mm-hmm. Uh, First person shooter from uh Quanch games Royal we folks. And up uh, yeah it's the, the the comedy is very Rick and morty, which is a little bit more hit uh, hidden miss for me but uh're mm-hmm. doing it so far, I went through the first two worlds and um i don't i don't remember if this game was very long, so i don't know if I have like that much more to go uh, but it's been enjoyable so far and this is this is somebody that i'm I'm, I'm not particularly fond of first person shooters to begin with, but this one has some some solid uh, platforming a la you know metroid prime and it's sort of like scratches that itch you know we, we don't know if we're gonna, we're gonna get one of those this year but um, haven't played with it so far, but I did take a little bit of a break from it um, because uh, the main thing that I did uh, while I've been gone was I finally upgraded my um, uh, PS5 in- internal storage. So mm-hmm. um, I actually bought this, um, this drive like maybe six months ago. And the reason why I never got around to it. I, I just didn't have a desire to open up my, my PS5, but like lately, especially since I've been buying more um, digital as of late, it's just been so annoying getting a new game and just having to decide what you want to delete or move to your other hard drive. Mm-hmm. You no, know, I don't want to. I don't want to do this anymore. So yeah, I have the two de- the, the uh, two terabyte storage, and I moved uh, pretty much everything or all my PS5 stuff um, to it, and it's allowed me to like you know just look at my library and l- look at games that I've bought or whatever, and, like, did not play. You know, like, we, we all go through the same stuff with our Steam libraries and whatnot. And, yeah, I came across a couple games. Um, first one being uh, When the Past Was Around. Um, This game is another indie title where it's another point and click, but this one is a lot more heavily puzzle-based. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, like, four chapters or so in the game, and basically it's about this uh, girl who fell in love with an owl who died mm-hmm. and basically learn about their relationship and stuff and you know uh, some of the puzzles there are like okay let's let's use this key to open this door but then you know you also have to find like you have to you have to earn that key through some other method maybe it's locked up behind some other lock where you have to find the right combination and things like that some things got a little more a little bit more complicated because it actually requires some knowledge of um mm-hmm. uh, reading music notes and you know i don't know what a treble clef is from like other stuff so that that's where i definitely had to, to check a fact uh, mm-hmm. But aside from that, it was a fun and easy platinum. Uh, you can uh, get it, get it, get it with, with, within two hours. And then on on that note, I've also played AER Memories of Old. Um, it's another indie game that came out a few years ago, and this one is kind of like a like a Zelda without without fighting. Um, it's mm-hmm. based on exploration and uh, puzzle solving that really just requires you to get from uh, point A to point B, and then like just just think about how to how to do that from there. So, yeah, started off the year beating those two easy games and getting two two Platinums, and, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready for Fire Emblem. So that, that that's coming this week, and I'm pretty excited. So that's about it for me.
0: All right. All right so let's get to the rest of our show here. Uh, it is a new month, and we have new additions for the PS Plus Game Catalog and Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll be talking about here what PlayStation Plus is getting here for... Uh, the rest of this month on let's see January 17th here on Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, they got quite a bit here that's being added. Uh, let's see, first up for PS4 and PS5 for extra people, Black mm-hmm. Back for Blood, uh, the Left for Dead style shooter from the people that created that series. Mm-hmm. Uh, good one to get, and now it's been you know, it's had some updates and such to uh. Polish it up a bit from where mm-hmm. the original game launched. So, good time to check that out if you got people to play with. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see for PS4 Dragon Ball Fighters, uh, the very well done fighting game Dragon Ball Z uh, with all that stuff. Uh, I think the only real knock is that I don't think they sell a complete pass for it or anything to mm-hmm. get all the DLC. Uh, they might have a couple different passes for the different. Groups of characters, but they've had a lot of DLC since it launched. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like Dragon Ball Z, this seems like one of the best fighters they've made for the series. So mm-hmm. there you go for that. Uh, for PS5, there's Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the newly enhanced version for the PS5. I uh, think it includes all of the DLC as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that, they also say the PS4 version of Devil May Cry 5 will also be available. Uh, the base version for PS4. Mm -hmm. So if you just have a PS4, you can check that out as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, For the PS4, they're adding Life is Strange and Life is Strange Before the Storm, uh, Mm -hmm. two very good narrative adventure series Mm -hmm. uh, with Before the Storm being a prequel to that, showing uh, Mm -hmm. how Chloe Price sort of became to be the person that she is in Life is Strange. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very good ones if you've not played them yet. Also pretty easy, Platinums are Mm -hmm. 100% trophies. I forget if it has a Platinum or not, but those are worth checking out. Mm. Uh, There's Jet the Far Shore for PS4 and PS5. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, This is
0: a neat little indie uh, action-adventure kind of game uh, where you're controlling a ship, uh, going through and exploring these uh, planets, Mm -hmm. uh, trying to... uh, I'll explore, find what you're... It's kind of hard to game to describe. It's a bit... It's very unique for what it is. Uh, That kind of stuff. I need to get back to it. I started this play a couple hours and haven't gone back to it yet, but that's one to keep an eye on. Uh, There's Just Cause 4 Reloaded for the Mm -hmm. PS4, uh, which is the the game Just Cause 4 with all the DLC, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, For that, they are also... They say Just Cause 4 will also be available alongside the download-only Just Cause 4 Reloaded in Streaming Regions. Uh, so I guess you'll be able to get the base game as well uh, for that. That's a pretty decent uh, game. Uh, it's not as good as Just Cause 2 or 3 because mm-hmm. uh, they changed up the progression and all that. So it's not just about uh, just going to different towns and such and blowing stuff up and taking over uh, the territory from uh, an evil dictator. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's more stuff going on And I've never gotten I've try to play it a few times Never gotten to the point where the the weather stuff happens So I haven't even seen that part of the game uh, It's always kind of Thrown me off before that uh, Let's see, also for PS4 Omno uh, This is a An indie Adventure game Exploration game mm-hmm. uh, One I've heard good things about uh, I'll probably check it out uh, When this is put out Mm-hmm. Uh, also for PS4, there's Erica uh, This is a really cool FMV uh, Adventure game mm-hmm. uh, Where you have your branching Choices and all that kind of stuff you're making and It takes like two hours to get through So it's a pretty good uh, Kind of movie uh, Length uh, run mm-hmm. through the game And then you can you know play it again Try different choices, see what endings you get uh, There are multiple endings All that kind of stuff uh, the only thing that's a little spooky, a little gory at times, but nothing too bad mm-hmm. uh, for that. So that's the lineup for Extra. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Premium, they have three new games coming to the uh, PS Plus, uh, three PS1 games.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, they're saying Filter 3, capping off that trilogy of uh, that. Uh, they also got Hot Shots Golf 2, uh, the great follow-up to the original Hot Shots Golf. Uh, that's a better game in every way there. Uh, and then the last one is a weird choice, Star Wars Demolition. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a Star Wars car combat game, basically. Uh, that is a weird choice for this uh, for a Star Wars game here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if there's any great Star Wars games on the PS1, but I guess this is probably as good as you're going to get, unless you're going to just put weird stuff on there, like Masters of Terras Kazi. Uh, a terrible 3D fighting game, but at least uh, weird in its own right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? I think there was some that were based on the uh, probably the Phantom Menace. There was probably one on that. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably a couple other games. But yeah, that's a uh, that's your PS Plus extra and premium lineup for this month, and some some really good stuff there. A lot of good variety there. So. Uh, some things to check out there uh, for uh, the next couple of weeks till we get the essential the lineup for the month. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I've been meaning yeah. to check out yeah. Um I know that's been talked about a lot for uh, last year's indie stuff, and I never got a chance. So I'm looking forward to that one.
0: Yeah, definitely uh, good stuff here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we'll get to Game Pass here. Uh, And they've also got some good stuff here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. We'll go by uh, when they're added. Uh, As you mentioned this week, Persona 3 Portable and Persona 4 Golden are coming out this week. Yep. And those two will be on Game Pass for PC and console. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you uh, want to play those, uh, those are good ways to check it out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. The next day on January 20th, Monster Hunter Rise is available. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can check that out uh, if you have not played it on a Switch or PC uh, it's console and PC there mm-hmm. uh, for that I guess that might be it there's nothing else on here mm-hmm. there's just the, the couple of games they added uh, earlier this month Mortal Shell Enhanced Edition and Stranded Deep but those were like, the last week or two they were added so that's kind of weird to only have three games for the month Essentially, mm-hmm. and it's just a handful of games that are leaving uh, today.
1: Yeah, I think so, uh, there's more leaving than more coming in.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they just didn't have much to offer for this month. Mm. Uh, who knows? But those are three good ones to get. But yeah, if you're not into JRPGs or Monster Hunter, yeah. it's not a ton for this month, really.
2: Yeah, but the good news is I am into JRPGs. Yeah, play and complete both of these games for a long time. So,
1: yeah, it's funny. I mean, like when you talk about the Xbox, these are three games you probably won't mention first, but I love all these. So, no problem. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. But yeah, those are are some good stuff to play if you got Game Pass or mm-hmm. PS Plus. Uh, let's see. Get to our regular news here. Mm-hmm. And first up, Google Stadia's ending this week on the 18th. I don't know if they have a specific time for that, but they are kind of doing something neat, uh, putting up the last game on the service. Uh, and it is a game called, uh, what is it? Technically called here. It's called like worm game, something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it is basically a test game that they would use to test the, the, the Google Stadia tech before, uh, it launched, uh, Neat little game. Uh, it's free to play, so you don't have to subscribe. You don't have a subscription or already use the service or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can check it out, see what uh, the thing they use for their own purposes. Yeah, it seems just like it has pretty, pretty simple graphics of these various types of weird worms, like a cat worm and a dragon mm-hmm. worm and a, a cow worm and all this stuff. So that's the thing you can check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, before it goes away here in a few days. Mm. Uh that's the end of that saga. I guess also they got news that the if you have a stadia controller, they are going to release a self serve tool so that you can use it as a regular Bluetooth controller for, you know, PC or mobile stuff, however you want to use it. Uh so it's not just like a uh a controller becomes obsolescent with the Death of Stadia. Uh, so that's at least neat mm-hmm. uh, for the the dozens of people that have that controller. So yeah, there you go. That's something you can check out for the next few days. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, a thing that you can check out on mobile, TMNT Shredders Revenge is finally out on mobile platforms uh, through mm-hmm. Netflix. Uh, so if you have a Netflix subscription, you can download it onto your Android or iOS device mm-hmm. and uh play it with no extra charge. Yep. Uh probably best if you were able to sync up a controller. or have one of those uh shell things for it. Mhm. Uh, cuz I can't imagine it'd be playing too well on just touchscreen, but uh that's a very good game. Definitely worth checking out if mobile's your main platform. Mhm. Uh so yeah, Netflix is built up quite a library. Uh, For the subscription, sort of the same way that Apple has for Apple Arcade. Yeah. Uh, That seems to be like the way that you're going to get the premier mobile games uh, for the future. Uh, Because a lot of these games are ones that probably wouldn't do super well as, you know, paid games or cheap games. You know, Mm free-to-play games with ads in them and all that.
1: Yes, it's it's definitely a big get. And um, I haven't personally played any of the... uh... Netflix games yet, so like I mean, I don't know if you have, Chris, I'm just wondering whether or not like are these playable through the Netflix application or when you download them, does it download it They're separate games Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah, you can just go through your app store, you should just be able to search for like Netflix, I think it'll pull them all up. Uh, I know one of them that's really good, Point P P P-O-I-N-P-Y that got announced at E3 last year Uh, that is a cool roguelike mobile game Mm-hmm. Uh, from the developer that made Downwell, uh, oh, okay. yeah. yeah, so it's the opposite because you're going up instead of down. Uh, but it's really well made, so there's a lot of cool games on there. Then yeah. we're so checking out if you got uh, room on your mobile device. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we got our first big publisher event of the year happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Xbox is holding what they're calling a Developer Underscore Direct. Uh, There's no space in there. I just put an underscore to make sure you know that they're nerds. Uh, So there you go. Xbox and Bethesda are going to be part of this Mm -hmm. live stream. Uh, Wednesday, January 25th. What time is it? 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, They'll be on Twitch and YouTube on Xbox or Bethesda's channels. Uh, And I guess they're going to show off a number of the games that they have announced already. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see, featuring games from Arcane Austin, which is probably Redfall Mojang Studios, which is probably Minecraft Legends, yeah, they mention it here. Uh, Forza Motorsport and The Elder Scrolls Online Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see, focus on big features, extended gameplay showcases and the latest info for Xbox games launching in the next few months So I'm guessing Forza Motorsport's not a fall game then, if they're mentioning Mm -hmm. it here, so That's a little bit of a surprise, but I think these are all going to be uh, developers Mm -hmm. talking about their games. Uh, They have a little bit of details here, like the Elder Scrolls Online unveil their next major chapter updates, whatever the next expansion is going to be for that, Mm -hmm. Uh, as well as the major new feature coming to games. Biggest update this year they will be immediately followed by the full standalone ESO chapter reveal event hosted by ZeniMax Online Studios. Uh, so if you need more details, I guess along with that, yeah, uh, you know, turn ten. I'll be talking about motor- Forza Motorsport, uh, the new generation game, uh-huh. all that stuff. Share more gameplay and new details. Uh, Minecraft Legends, yeah, the PvP multiplayer experience in Minecraft Legends. Yeah, launching the spring. Okay, exclusive gameplay footage, and then Redfall. They're going to show more of that. I guess some people have gotten confused about that game, thinking it's, like, Left for Dead, which I don't know that I've ever gotten out of that game. It just seemed like another open-world co-op shooter thing. Uh, but let's see. They'll reveal single and multiplayer gameplay. Uh, yep. Yeah, learn more about combat, customization, bosses, the open world, and more. So, okay. At least those four games and maybe some others. I think they specifically have said that Starfield is not going to be in this. Yeah. Uh, They'll probably get a standalone show later. Uh, So we'll have to see if this turns out to be a quality show, if it's kind of like some of their other uh, showcase stuff, which has been kind of underwhelming outside of the E3 shows. Uh, Because if they end up spending too long on these games, then they'll just be super boring uh, versus stuff that's a little more punchier and full of information Mm -hmm. that people care about so we'll have to see how that goes mm-hmm. but yeah that'll be next wednesday mm-hmm. so we'll have to see how that how that turns out mm-hmm. uh let's see also happening next or no this isn't next week this is the week after that the 30th january 30th back firewall underscore it's all one word back firewall underscore on the end uh, that is a new game coming out for PlayStation Xbox PC uh, later this year on switch. Uh, it seems like a what they describe a first person tragic comic adventure set inside of a smartphone. Uh, you are the update assistant solving wacky puzzles to counter the update and save the previous operating system from deletion so you're trying to solve puzzles and uh, do things to help save the previous OS from being overwritten and deleted uh, f- by the new OS update. Uh, seems like a neat uh, idea for a game. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably more portal-like kind of stuff. I don't know the, the little bit I've seen here, uh, but with a little more computer humor in there. Uh, so that could be neat. It says, let's see, you'll have cheat codes to manipulate the environment. Mm-hmm. Uh Various kind of app characters, uh, you know, characters is based on photos and a social media character, uh, a bunch of that kind of stuff. So that could be neat or go bad. I don't know. Depends on how well it's written. But uh, yeah, that'll be out here on the Monday after next. So, yep. There you go. And the last game I have a date for here, Rhythm Sprout. Uh, this one has been in some of the demo fests. Uh, looks pretty neat as a rhythm action game uh, with a bit of—I uh, don't think it's actually RPG-ish, but it's kind of got the the visual style of that kind of thing. Uh, but it's more of a rhythm game uh, that'll be out on PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, Switch, PC on February 1st uh, for $14.99. Uh, I think I have the demo downloaded on Xbox that I'll have to check out at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, this looks really neat. It'll be a, looks like a neat little game to get uh, at the beginning of February. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there you go for another neat little indie game here between all these big games that are coming out. Uh, yeah, Speaking of big games coming out, Skull and Bones, that was supposed to be out March 9th, I think. Oh man. Uh, unfortunately, it is not going to make that date. Uh, They have delayed it to, uh, what's the time frame they give for this? Mm -hmm. I think think it's between Q1 for the fiscal 2023, which is like April, to the end of the fiscal year in early 2024. Mm -hmm. So basically sometime after March, before next March. Mm I'm going to be honest. I think
2: at this point, considering Ubisoft's just overall shitty business practices, uh, some very key heads need to roll here because they've wasted all this money on free projects now. And they're still like constantly going back to the draw one game. And it, it, at this point, you know, you've got an issue and you need to do something about it i don't know what it is but something needs to be done
1: yeah I mean, like on that note while you know while we talk about people that should lose their jobs uh it's been a while since i've heard ubisoft laying off anybody so like mm-hmm. that's good news and the thing about this industry is if you make a failure normally that means your job is gone too so i guess the silver lining of this is that as much as it continue to delay, delay this game then that means there's some job security there for that team. That being said, you know, you got to pick it up. Somewhere.
0: Yeah. Uh, but I think they also know that putting it out in a bad state is even worse than just mm-hmm. delaying it until it's at least Absolutely. decent enough yep. mm-hmm. uh, for them. So along with this news, they also announced that they canceled three games that they had not announced yet, yep. uh, which I had to look up uh, here in our show notes. The last July, they canceled a handful of other games uh, that were announced or unannounced. Like two were VR games that they had canceled because uh, they uh, were not coming along. I think one of them was Splinter, Splinter Cell VR game. Mm-hmm. That unless you paid attention to, I think it was probably a Quest exclusive thing mm-hmm. uh, that got delayed. Uh, but yeah, they they cite here. Uh, major challenges as the industry continues to shift towards mega brands and long-lasting titles that can reach players across the globe, across platforms, and business models. Which I would say that is what your brand was for the past, you know, seven eight years, is making mm-hmm. these games that you keep working on well after launch, uh, adding lots of content, both paid and free, and sort of making those games that even the ones that start off rough. Uh, into pretty po- uh you know profitable g- games and you know keeping people working long after the traditional model was now they're at this point where they wish they had those kind of games because not many of the ones they put out last year did well at all uh, i believe uh, both the mario and rabbits game and the Just Dance game both underperformed, uh, so those two should have been their most solid games because Just Dance does well every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, though maybe they're starting to reach the limit of what people need out of those games, mm-hmm. as they probably should put out a free-to-play version of, you know, one of those that then has access to their, you know, their subscription catalog of songs. Uh, because, you know, if you get one that uh, can do that, why do you need the new game? Uh-huh. For maybe a couple of extra songs that are newer, that kind of thing. But it seems like that that would be much better as a free-to-play game. You know, you're going to lose the, the initial uh, value of the purchases, launch purchases. But if it's disappointing at this point, you know, you're not really losing much by going to free to play, getting more people in, which they've already kind of made it free to play because I believe there's like a demo slash light version that's out now for the mm-hmm. the most recent game that you can check out uh, before you know paying whatever it costs to upgrade to the full version. Mm-hmm. But it's like just make it a free to play game, uh, and you'll benefit from that. Marion Rabbit seems like I don't know, maybe they just launched it a. A busy time where people had money going elsewhere for that, but they'll put that that game on sale and more and more people will buy it uh, and enjoy it through that way, much like they did for the first game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but they maybe hit the, the limit on what a sequel could do for that versus it just being a one-off quality title. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
1: Mario and Rabbids actually went on sale a lot faster than even I thought it would. Probably yeah. <laughs> like, Ubisoft has that cycle where it's like, all right, you know, once Black Friday hits, we you know, we'll, we'll see it there. And mm-hmm. I think maybe two weeks ago we saw sales for that game even go below what it was on Black Friday. And like, it's 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 really weird just thinking about Ubisoft in general. You know, in the in the PS2 and GameCube era, you know, they were hitting on 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 all cylinders. Like Rayman was being like teetered off, but at the same time, we, we were getting Prince of Persia. We were getting Beyond Good and Evil. Um, I don't know how successful each of those games were sales-wise, but then we move on to the um, the PS3 era, and then that's when they start to discover Assassin's Creed, and then they have their open-world adventures and in, in, in Watch Dogs and all that. And then PS4, it became more about the live services, especially with The Division. And you look at Ubisoft now, and like there doesn't seem to be any sort of real direction there. I feel like they were at a better point when they were trying to not be bought out by... Viacom, Vivendi, and like now that we've seen the industry, like sort of you know uh, condense itself, it's it's just lost its its identity and like it's weird. Like yeah, right now they're they're probably best known as the Assassin's Creed company, but Assassin's Creed has branched off so many times, like you don't even know what that series is anymore, and it's it's really rough. So you know, um, I have a lot of friends there, but at the same time, it's just it's tough to really see what this company will be doing five years from now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and Assassin's Creed is also in a bad place because they've acknowledged like making Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla, these huge, giant open worlds that are uh almost overwhelmingly huge, uh has kind of tainted the brand a bit because mm-hmm. you know, people don't want endless games in an open world setting, at least to the with the Assassin's Creed way. Mm-hmm. Uh, GTA, they're fine with the GTA Online stuff, but even then, you know that's not nearly as big of a city as what you get in Assassin's Creed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, with any of that,
1: you compare what they're doing over to Rockstar, which isn't that much different. But the thing is, Grand Theft Auto has kept them up for over a decade, whereas Ubisoft continues to make these games and make these games. And you know, I can't think of a gamer that only buys Assassin's Creed. Like, yeah, they can they can totally be into the series a lot, like the way Nintendo is with their IP. But when you just keep making these games that just don't end, it, it has to stop somewhere. Like, I mean, going back to my previous example about what Nintendo does with their live services, there aren't very many people that play Animal Crossing every single one every day. So it's hard. You can only give them so much time. Yeah.
0: And that's why they're making Assassin's Creed Mirage, which is a smaller game, uh, a little bit more like the the classic assassin's creed experiences yeah.
1: and i i i actually believe like that's the right step but at the same time it's like ubisoft also has all these other ip and you yeah know, we, we we talk crap about like sony capcom nintendo having all these dormant franchises but ubisoft is right there with-
0: yeah and they've been kind of farting around with a bunch of them you know far mm-hmm. cry has kind of reached the limit of what you know remaking far cry 3 over and over again gets you with far cry 6 Like, that game's good and all, but it's also just another one of those. Uh, The Tom Clancy stuff is in a weird place where they've tried uh, at least two times to make a Ghost Recon or a Tom Clancy Battle Royale that failed. Mm -hmm. Uh, As well as all their other live titles that tend to not do well. There's Hyperscape, a Battle Royale that was, like, big for like a week and then fell off after that Uh, After, you know, conveniently the the streamers that were paid to stream it stopped having to pay, having to to stream it. Mm -hmm. You know, the game just fell off. There's the roller champions that got pretty quickly rumors about, you know, the the support for that being canceled uh, and it being, you know, sunset at some points. And that game's probably doing all right, but it's probably not in a way that they were hoping for, Mm -hmm. for that kind of stuff. And, you know, they have, some of their VR ventures falling apart. Uh, they have, you know, ghost recon badlands that didn't do so well. And so like what they haven't made a new one of those in a while. Uh, I'm trying to think what uh, other things, you know, they're not going to make a Rayman anytime soon, though. They probably should. Yeah. Uh, Cause that would be something that's simpler. You know, they had the, the Prince of Persia's hands of time remake that who knows when that's going to be done. That's also been delayed for, An obscene amount of time for a game that was supposed to be out last February.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Because that game was apparently in such a bad place that, you know, it's not even coming out a year later after that, as they've had to, like, reboot it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, They got some the Division projects that are supposed to be in the works. Maybe those will come out this year. I don't know. Maybe Mm -hmm. that Rainbow Six Extraction last year that did not do well uh seeds probably does well but you know when are they going to get uh something new yeah they're in a weird place they could use a showcase of uh, some kind that says like hey we've been fucking up for the last you know for this gen for the last three Mm -hmm. years here's what our vision is for the next you know few years and why it's not just assassin's creeds that are not uh, trying to be more like Odyssey, Valhalla, and Origins. Yeah. That's sort of where they're at. And, like, this is why you should still care about Skull and Bones. Mm hmm. Which is like, I oh, maybe should make that, you know, not a $70 game. Mm hmm. So, yeah, Ubisoft's in a weird place. Mm. And they need to find out what their their identity is for their next phase of their existence. And show why they should not have been acquired by uh, Vendi, whatever that was. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's what Ubisoft is. That they're weird, and they need to find out what what kind of company they are, uh, because they came out of this last you know three four years without much of anything that you know speaks to people that gets them excited. They've been putting out a lot of games that kind of went flat after launch. Uh, So yeah, there you go. That's the Ubisoft news. Uh, Next up here, something more positive. Mm -hmm. Uh, Six people from playground studios, Mm -hmm. like that's playground games. Uh, They have left to form their own studio called Maverick games, including, uh, let's see, Mike Brown, the creative director for Forza horizon. Uh, to form, yeah, Maverick Games. This is a new studio. It's not under the Xbox umbrella. Mm-hmm. Uh, they seem to have some seed funding. Yeah, they significant seed funding and working on their new game, which they're talking about being a big AAA open world game mm-hmm. for console and PC. Uh, no real details or anything beyond that. Uh, but they do say here, our goal is for Maverick Games to be a studio people will love. Players were already working, or we're already at work on a high, exciting, ultra high quality title. And for developers, we're building a home where everyone is encouraged to take risks, be curious, be creative, be innovative, be themselves, and above all, be a maverick. Uh, so yeah, that's cool. Uh, I'm gonna get guess that they are not, you know, making another big open world racing game, Mm -hmm. but who knows. Uh, but yeah, that team has a lot of good talent to it. And this is not people that were working on Fable. These are people from the Forza Horizon 5 team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think Fable is being affected. But who knows? Microsoft's had a lot of trouble themselves. But these people get to uh, start fresh with something new and exciting for themselves. So curious to see what that is. But it seems like that's probably going to be at least a few years away to finding out what that is. As they're starting from from scratch here, uh, so yeah, there you go for that. And our last studio or story here, uh, the Callisto Protocol Studio, striking distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, in uh, finishing up the game, you know, doing the credits, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, unfortunately, not everybody makes it onto those. Uh, a lot of studios and publishers have policies for you know you had to be here for x amount of time or percentage of the project's length to make it to the credits and that's all just kind of shitty gatekeeping Uh, because those credits are important for people's resumes Mm -hmm. to show that that, hey i was here i did work that was worth crediting Uh, and even for people that are there for the shortest amounts of time uh, for whatever reason you know, they're worth putting in the credits because I don't know if you finish big games lately. Their credits go for a while. Uh adding you know more people is probably not a big deal mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. But yeah, here uh game has spoken with five former uh striking distance studios developers who were omitted from the game's credits and estimates that roughly twenty people across a variety of departments were left off the game's credits. Uh yeah, let's see. It definitely stings. It sucks. I made a good amount of contribution and worked on it for a you know, a length of time. To just not be there at all is shitty. Mm-hmm. Uh which it is. It's very disrespectful upon, you know, all the people that worked for you to not recognize their contributions oh, in any yeah. form. Cause you know what they will uh, add to those credits? Like here, are the babies born during the project. Mm-hmm. Here, are the dogs that people wanted to get credited, young cats and all that. And it's like those people didn't do shit for that game, but mm-hmm. we can't include these people that were only here for you know half of the project or a third of it. You know, those people aren't worth putting on there. Yeah, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a shitty practice, one that should be done away with. Mm-hmm. You know, I can understand not including somebody who was there for a week or whatever, had to leave for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Uh but, you know, the people that are there for enough time that, you know, their work affected any part of the game. Mm. Uh deserve to be there. And unfortunately it seems like this is another uh you know issue that has propped up with this studio. You know, the other one was being where Glenn Schofield was bragging about people working, you know, 16 hour days and whatnot. Oh, yeah. uh, Based on their passion for the project. And it's like, no, that's not it. That's not a thing to brag about. Mm -hmm. Uh, He did apologize for the way he framed that. But still, it's a thing that even when you're starting your own studio, that's a thing you should definitely be uh, focusing on, giving everybody the credit. Oh, yeah. That just adds to the reasons that people want to stay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, as far as gatekeeping credits goes, like, that's something I'll never understand. Um, If you worked even an ounce on any part of a game, whether it's marketing, you know, development, you definitely deserve a spot on there. Um, Like, one thing that, like, the the series that that I work on does is they put our names on there, but they don't put our titles on there. And, you know... You can say it's whatever for like a director or someone in a director role, but at the same time, you know, everyone's getting their credit. You know, if you worked on it, you should be, you know, a- acknowledged as part of it. And, you know, like, like Chris said, like a lot of um, companies like pride themselves on, on, on putting their dogs and stuff on there when they didn't do a single thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that, that That's definitely frustrating. So I don't understand why companies leaders, you know, have the audacity to do such a thing when all you have to do is, you know, Update it and put it to the servers. It's not that hard to just put, you know, everybody you have on payroll on there. So it sucks.
0: Yeah. Like the only reason I can even see leaving people off is that kind of attitude of well they didn't finish work in here, so you know, they couldn't tough it out, so they're just weak or whatever, and it's like, oh, I don't know, It's, it's just that's just toxic there, works attitude kind of stuff. They still contributed. Yeah, it's like when people call off and you're like, oh, that person's being shitty and lazy. And it's like, no, they probably needed the day off either for sickness or, you know, any other kind of shit that could be going on in their life. Mm -hmm. Uh, We just have shitty work culture in this industry, in this country. Uh, Take your pick. There's plenty of reasons why this kind of stuff happens. Mm hmm. Because uh, it's it's a longstanding thing, you know, people didn't even get their names in the credits at times. They had to put nicknames so they couldn't be uh, directly pointed out as, you know, in hiring for other studios. Uh, back in the day when their companies were afraid of getting poached, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And that's not even a concern here anymore. These credits are mainly a resume building thing to show mm-hmm. like, hey, I was here. I did this kind of work. Uh, I can do cool work for you, especially when a lot of these people are contractors and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, they deserve the credits uh, just as much as anybody else. Mm. Uh, so yeah, there you go. That's your shitty story of the week. Mm-hmm. Credits need to be done as a full accounting of the people that worked on mm-hmm. that game in any way. So there you go. Hopefully that's a, a thing that changes for uh the future, 2023 and onward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I doubt it will be that quick, but there you go for this week's show. Yeah, we made a good uh, distance on this for yeah. a, a whopping 10 articles on here. Yeah, uh, Shorter than our usuals, but mm-hmm. put it hey, next stri- week,
1: Just kidding. what's that? I said we put it within striking distance. Just kidding. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but yeah, this is going to be uh, probably not as much of an issue next week as we'll have Persona and Monster Hunter to talk about. I will probably finally start the copy of Monster Hunter Rise I have had on Steam for the past year. Mm-hmm. I never started. I got that for half off and I was like, that's a good price. I mm-hmm. did not play it. It's a good use of my of course, money. Yeah, it's all good. yeah, so there you go. Uh, We got games coming out next week. We'll talk about hopefully some more stuff happens. I think it will. Uh, But yeah, we'll see you all next week. Thank you for tuning in. If you -hmm. enjoy the show, feel free to let friends and family know they should check it out and select strangers that will uh, be nice to you. So Mm -hmm. thank you to Brandon Dammer for joining this week. Always. Uh, Yeah. We will see you all next week. Have a good one.